Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Welcome to Police Pod Talk. I'm your host, Cleveland. Thank you for being with us. Today on Police Pod Talk, I have a great honor to have a guest with me today named Tammy Johnson. Now, Tammy's going to explain exactly what she does, but I know her I know her as just the uh, Director of Child Support at the Allen County Prosecutor's Office, but uh, she's going to fill you in exactly what she does. Hopefully, she's not going to be shy today. You can, you can say hi or good morning, whatever good you want. Good morning. There you go. Okay, I'm going to let you take it away, and you explain exactly what you do and how you interact sometimes with the uh, police departments and law enforcement. Go um, ahead, Tammy. Take morning. it away. Uh, my name is Tammy Johnson. I'm the Administrative Director for the Civil Division. A lot of people know us as the Child Support or the Title 4D program. And basically, in 1967, um, legislation decided um, that we needed a more aggressive child support program and that's how the child support program began in 1976 and basically what we do here at child support we have four objectives we establish paternity for children that's born out of wedlock we establish support orders for parties who um, are married but separated or if paternity was established through the hospital through a paternity um, affidavit we modify current support orders and we actually enforce um, any support orders with parties um, already having um, orders orders can be from other states and other countries so basically that's what we do and over the last five and a half years we have collected over 30 million dollars um, for our children throughout um, the United States and here in Allen County. Okay, well, I mean, you're on a roll there for a second, and I want to make sure our listeners understand exactly what it is. Tell us, you say child support. Already I quit listening because I'm not going to worry about that, but <laughs> <laughs> explain exactly what is child support. What does that mean? Basically, child support is for both parties to make sure both parties are taking shared parenting, shared uh, financial responsibility to make sure the children are receiving what they need, not just on a financial basis. Because I know a lot of times when people hear child support, they cringe or they want to go the other way. Mm -hmm. But just like I tell everybody, when we do outreach in the community, we should be the first one if you have a child support order that you contact. So okay. when you say a child support order, what what is a child support order? Well, what, somebody if you, come at your door and knock and saying you owe some money or what? You are now break court, it down now because okay, I don't we'll understand. Break it down, okay? <laughs> so say if we'll go two ways. Say if you're a young couple in love and okay. you have a child. All right, now okay? we're talking. Okay. All right. So you have this child, and so then say a couple years later you separate. All right. So the there's not any there's no longer any shared parenting. So you guys are both living in separate households. All right. So basically, the primary person comes to the child support office, office requesting for assistance. Okay, they want you support. You say a primary person. What does that mean? Well, the primary person will be the custodial parent. Okay. And usually the go. custodial parent could be the mother or the father. Right, right. They are the primary one who actually have that child basically 24-7. Okay. I'm with um, you. The other person is the non-custodial parent. Mm -hmm. um, but do you do have a lot of parents who do share parenting. So you have okay. like joint a lot of 50-50, but there could be someone who has the primary care of that child, and they may be entitled to uh, child support. So basically that's determined by the court. Indiana is a judicial state, and basically what that means is for a court order to go in effect, a judge has to sign it. For a court order to stop or to be terminated, a judge has to sign it. 
So basically at that time, what we do is gather both the custodial and non-custodial parent current wages to determine okay. what amount should be rendered for that child support ordered. What, what do you have you seen as an average amount that one or the other parent has to or parent has to pay? Well, our standard orders, if neither party is working, is roughly about 47 to $51 per week. Okay. And that goes to the parent who has the child 90% of the time. Correct. Okay. And that a person who's not working has to come up with that money somehow. That's correct. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm breaking it down to make sure everybody <laughs> understands. Now, this is also for two people who are not have not been together. I mean, if... A, we do have some people who are still together. Some they're still together mm-hmm. and they're paying child support. Now, how does that how does that work if they're already together? Well, if you're not uh, legally married, right. um, you had that child out of wedlock. Right. So um, basically, you know, a couple can still be together, but the other party who is the primary custodian, you know, they have a support order and they want to make sure that support order is being enforced. Okay, so it's almost like guaranteeing that there's going to be some money coming from this other half. That's regardless correct. If they're living in the same house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, that's kind of odd. You, you would think, well, I would think that that person would automatically just go ahead and do certain things, but that doesn't always happen. It huh? doesn't always work that way. That's the strangest thing. Okay. Yes. Now, I'm going to back up just a little bit. How did you get involved in this? When did you come into the picture? Give me a little bit of a timeline of your life. How you got to this point? Well, um, as a young child, I always enjoyed helping others. So um, I started out, I received my paralegal certificate. Uh, then I went on to uh, college, uh, got my associates, then I got my bachelor's degree, um, went on to get my master's degree. So I've been doing child support for nearly 25 years. Okay. Uh, when I first started with the child support um, division, I started out basically um, as the uh, one of the reception answering the phone lines. Okay. Uh, at that time, we had three phone lines that came come into uh, the office. Um, Where was that office at? It was here at 602 South Calhoun. Oh, so you were all always in the uh, prosecutor's office. Yep, yeah. always in the okay. prosecutor's office, yeah. Um, at one time, we did have a satellite office um, and a DCS office several years ago. Mm-hmm. I did uh, work out there for a little while. It was like a one-stop shop when you came in, and if you apply for TANF mm-hmm. benefits or Medicaid, then you could just walk right over to the prosecutor's office to also get your so- child support case okay. started and open. All right. But how did you get picked to this spot? How did you make your way up? <laughs> uh, dedication and all the hard work. Um, the love that I have for mm-hmm. uh, child support to make sure that our children' um, needs are being met here. Okay. So um, just making up through the ranks. Like I said, I started out as a receptionist uh, mm-hmm. within two months. Then um, I was promoted to a paralegal. Shortly after that, about two and a half years, I was uh, promoted to assistant uh, supervisor. Um, about three years after that, then I was promoted to a supervisor. Hmm. Okay. And now I'm the director. Okay. How many people, investigators, workers, what, what are you called? What are you called? Investigators? or We're called paralegals. Okay. How many are working here in the Allen County Prosecutor's Office? We roughly have in the civil division, which is the child support division, we have 43 employees. Uh, five of those consist of our deputy prosecutors. Um, the rest of them are paralegals and support staff. Our division is broken down into several units. We have our intake unit. Okay. 
So when you first walk into the door, that's your first point of contact. That's how we determine what we need to do. Our paralegals will um, basically interview you to determine what needs are met. Mm -hmm. Then your case is either sent up to our enforcement unit, which Mm -hmm. consists of 12 paralegals, and basically do the bulk of the enforcement to make sure all the needs are met. Then we have our support unit that basically handles all of our interstate. We have about... 14 countries that we do reciprocals with. So, so if someone lives in the state of the country of Germany, we can also file paperwork there to make sure the wow. support orders are being enforced. Then we have our courts division that basically we operate out of two courts, mm-hmm. which is the Allen Superior and the Allen Circuit Court. Okay. And we roughly have anywhere from about, I would say, 250 to 300 cases going per week to make sure those cases are expedited correctly. Wow. Um, so um, we need to, you know, we make sure uh, we don't take the 30 million that we've been collecting for over the five years lightly. Um, we make sure we try to keep those numbers up because mm-hmm. we know the children here in the community definitely needs it. Okay, that's so you guys can cover just about anywhere. You're yes. not just locked down to Allen County. No. So you can find them if they move out of state. Yes. All right. So we yeah. would definitely try to. <laughs> okay. Walk me through. Let's say a female. I'm going to say a female comes in and says, "Hey, I would like to collect child support from my boyfriend because we have a child together." Okay. Walk me through that process. She's standing at the window at intake. What happens? Very good question. There used to be a $25 fee, but um, about two years ago, they waived that $25 fee because that was like they were thinking maybe holding a lot of people back mm-hmm. um, and actually being able to proceed. Because some, to some people, $25 is a lot. Yeah, so basically, <laughs> when you come into the office, you'll fill out a 4D application. What was we'll, that application called? It's, a, it's called 4D application. 4D, okay. Yes, that's All what right. a lot of people know us as the 4D program. Okay. So basically, once you complete that um, application... We interview to determine what needs to be done. So the first thing we look for the child's birth certificate, because if a father's name is on the birth certificate, mm-hmm. then that means paternity has already been acknowledged. So then okay. we may have to go a different route where we may just need to establish a support order versus having to establish paternity. Okay, let's say this name's on the birth certificate. Okay, and there's no then, order in place. So right. what we do, the next step is then we gather all of the both parties' uh, wage information. Mm-hmm. And we try to do everything, if possible, by agreement. Court is usually our last result, but sometimes we have to set the matter for court because people are not in agreement. So you're reaching out to the other half, trying to get them to agree. We'll reach out to the non-custodial parent to basically get uh, his or her wage information. Regardless of where they're at. That's correct. So so you got to do a little bit of investigative work. Yes, yes. Okay, keep going. Because a lot of times, sometimes people come in, they may not know where the other party is living, where they're working. So we have to determine that. And every time we call someone, it doesn't mean they're going to call us back. When they hear who we are and where we're calling from, they tend to avoid us. Click. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> okay. So we may have to take different avenues. All and right. um, Once we gather all that information and just say if they do everything by agreement. All right. So we get a support order in place. Um, then what we do is uh, we'll send what is called an income withholding order to your employer. Okay. And that's where the employer, depending on how you get paid, weekly, biweekly, semi-monthly or monthly, they will de- deduct that court order child support out. And then they will send it into um, our office. And then that is sent to the custodial parent. Okay. So that, that that's what... That's a situation was done smoothly. Yeah, that's Everybody smoothly. agreed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I'm going to give you one. Let's say she comes in, and I keep saying she. Okay. Comes in. She doesn't know exactly who the father is. 
but she got a ballpark figure. You know, this guy or that guy, I'm not too sure. What happens then? Well, we only, we can't, we don't go forward with three or four people at a time. So we try to pinpoint, ask mm-hmm. a couple questions. Hey, you know, mm-hmm. we try to narrow it down. Right. So usually when they come in, even if they're not 100% certain, they'll say, well, the child is kind of looking like this person or that person. He had his, uh, you know, eye color, his hair color. Okay. Um, so what we do at that point, we'll gather that individual's information mm-hmm. and then we'll try to move forward and dna testing is done okay. so either it's going to come back that he is the father or he would be excluded what now how are you going to do dna testing when you don't have anything from the other person well they're going to give us some information now if they come and they just say oh his name was bob mm-hmm. then i mean that's going to be pretty hard for us to find but amazingly what you find a lot of if they know another party's name, like another custodial parent that mm-hmm. he has children by, sometimes we can pinpoint them that way also. Okay. Well, I'm still a little stuck here. She comes in. She's not sure. You all kind of check. Let's say she does have a full name. But how do you get the DNA from that other person? Well, we're going to reach out to them. Okay, let's, we'll say, start let's, say doing research. They, let's say they don't come in. Well, they yeah, a lot don't. of them won't come in. So this person's still waiting. So what we will try to do, if we have a name, we um, have different avenues where we can search Okay. Uh, to try to find out like, um, if they have any other children in the state of Indiana or right. anywhere else that we can try to pinpoint to gather um, you know, personal information. Mm-hmm. Well, you, know, you said in the state of Indiana. Right. You all can't reach out over to Michigan, Ohio? and Yes, we can. We'll okay. reach out there, too, to see, you know, other states if possibly. Because sometimes they'll come in, they'll say, oh, I know they have a child in the state of Michigan. Okay. All right. I'm with you And now. I think the mother name is such and such. All right. Now, you can't get his DNA, so you go contact that mother and her children, or what do you do? Well, what we usually do, we can't move forward until we can actually make contact with him, you know, figure out who he really is once we determine who he is usually at that point then we can move forward all right um facebook is a wonderful thing (laughs) so um we look on facebook all right so you could track people in a lot of different ways to get the necessary identifiers we need to be able to move forward to determine if he is the father okay i'm going back to the dna part um, does the mother or whoever's at the window there give up their DNA? Yes, we at that time we will do uh, DNA on the mother and the child and the father is usually the three that we need to. Right here in this office? Yes, we could do it here in the office. I did also. not know that. Yes, we're equipped to do that. I'll be done. One stop so, shop. So are you all trained in that? Yes. Did you have to go to a training for that? Mm-hmm. I did yeah. not know that. Mm-hmm. Okay, and does that cost the mother? Or the person at the window? The DNA is really reasonable for three individuals. The mother, the father, and the child is $98. Okay, so the mother pays that? Well, usually the DNA cost is basically attached to the non-custodial parent to pay. Oh, okay. All right. In the long run, somebody's going to pay. Yes, someone will pay. Okay. All right. What about insurance? Does insurance cover any of this for the person at the window? Well, what we do, we do insurance orders also and our child support orders to make sure if it's reasonably available at either party's um, employer. Okay. um, But they won't pay for the DNA. The DNA is paid. That's paid separately. I'm with you. Okay. All right. So you reach out to this person. You try to convince them to come in. They come in. 
do you take a DNA sample from them at that time, or do they you just, what do you do, interview them? Tell me what you do. This person's well, standing there saying, that's not my child. What, what do you do? Well, usually um, what we can do, we could do a DNA here in the office okay. also, so that by the time we get ready to go to court, the results are back mm-hmm. to determine if um, he is the father. A lot of times, individual will come to our office and either sign a waiver for court stating that they would appear. By signing that, they're stating, I will be there. Okay. If not, a lot of times we have an investigator that's designated, and what he does is go out and serve summons and notice a hearings for someone to appear. He does that all day, Monday through Friday, to make sure we get personal service. All right, but the person shows up, they refuse to give the DNA, then there's a court date set or? Yeah, they don't have to do the DNA just here in the office. We have a phlebotomist on hand for them (laughs) to do it actually in court too. Oh. Man, yeah. see, I didn't know that. Yeah, we're well equipped to make sure. Because a lot of people won't come into the office. They are afraid to come in. So they want their day in court. So they'll go I mean, to court. We'll have them on hand. Our staff, our court staff is available. And also the reputable lab that we use, mm-hmm. they have their staff available too. Okay. Now, see, I, I'm going to go way back here. Okay. I don't remember if I asked you, what, what is your title again? I want to make sure I got that down. Yes, it's the administrative director for the civil division. Okay. All right. Now. Knowing that this is police pod talk, and I try to get people who are related with police, mm-hmm. connected to the police, collaborate with police, how often or how would you use the police if needed? Well, a lot of times we have a lot of irate people come into the office. So, <laughs> Wait, are they irate because they're getting blamed? <laughs> Several reasons. Um, I always tell our staff that we're dealing with two precious things in people's lives, their children mm-hmm. and their money. Oh, yeah. So when you're dealing with that, um, feelings can get a little high. So a lot of times we, we have had to call the police to come over to assist us. Oh, yeah. Um, also, um, when you go to court, there's always usually a bailiff available. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so depending on some time in court, when parties actually have seen each other, hadn't seen each other in a while, things can get a little heated. Okay. Um, we can have interaction with the police there. But it's rare for us. Right. With the, But do you ever have to use the police to go collect any samples or drag somebody in the court or order them to pay? Uh, No. Usually that's why we have our investigator who is a retired police officer. Okay. So, So, uh, you know, we have that connections, but it kind of Mm -hmm. like in a distant way. Right. Um, All right. So they are somewhat involved. Yes. And you're in the right place. Now, how difficult is it to collect? It depends on the person. We have some people that have never paid. So, okay, let's, let's talk about that. They haven't paid. What do you do? You got well, this, this, I'm going to keep saying a mother here with this child, and this person is not paid. What do you do? Well, you have to look at the source, as I always say. You have an individual, they've never worked. Mm-hmm. Because what we have, we work off a system that is called ISETS. It's the Indiana Support Enforcement Tracking System. Okay. So what happens is anytime someone is hired, Um, The employer is supposed to notify the federal government this person is now an employee and it goes into our database and what happens is generate an income withholding order to let us know this person is working so that we can collect the child support if he or she is not paying. So this is like an automatic, this thing just continually searching for this person's name to pop up somewhere. Mm -hmm. Now, what about under the table? You know people getting paid. We know that and we know if someone has a support order and has never paid, we know more than likely they're working under the table. There's mm-hmm. something. 
we do have those cases. And yeah. sadly to say, when I initially first started um, back in um, 1994, it's sad to say that now on some of those cases, we're finally collecting because that person may now be receiving Social Security benefits. Wow. So this child is probably grown. Grown. So we're collecting on arrears only. Wow. We have cases where the kids are 30, 40 years old and we're still collecting back child support. And that, the, who does that money go to? To the custodial parent. What if the parent's not there? Well, if he or she is deceased, then we can't collect on it. But if they're so still the alive. Well, the money won't go to the child? No. Have you all tried to look into that to change the law? Yes, that would be something that the children on their behalf, they would have to actually petition the court, and that would have to been done at the time the custodial parent um, would have passed away because an estate would have had to been opened up and a judgment would have had to been re rendered, which that's very rare that that would happen. But it has no one has fought it yet, is that it? No not that I know of in happen. all the years that I've been here, no. So this person who's not paying, making money under the table, just waiting for their... Uh, old girlfriend to die I don't think it's that I think you just have some people as I consider they're shady <laughs> okay <laughs> no other way to put it there's no other that's what they're you know seriously a lot of the people that we deal with on those on those cases the custodial parent they'll tell you they've, ne they've never worked they're not planning on working and they so, get away with this well we um we set those cases for court Sometimes some of the people we can't never locate. It's just like they've just disappeared off the face of the earth. Okay, now with that being said, and this is where I keep talking about the interacting with the law enforcement. Do you guys put warrants out for people? Yes. And then are they picked up on that warrant for failure to pay child support? Yes, they can be picked up. Usually those are done like a routine traffic stop. Okay, they just happen to bump into an officer on right. something. Right. Mm -hmm. They go to court. Does a judge then order them to pay? Very good and question. And they'll say, do they pay then? Some of them do. A lot of them do at that time, and that's sad because then a purge amount is set okay. for them to actually be released. So once that is actually paid, then they could be released. You have some people who set in jail, but the sad part about that, that's the only time some people will pay if they have been court-ordered to pay a purge amount. Okay, so they pay a purge amount. Does that cover the whole time they have not paid, or does that just get them out? No, because usually a purge amount can range anywhere from five hundred to five thousand. So okay. you know you may have someone that they haven't paid in years. Okay, but the, so somebody's got to come up with that money to get them out. That's correct. But once they're out, they can go right back to not paying again. And that happens a lot. And then the, we go back to trying to locate them. Oh boy! So it's just a, kind of like a, a circle thing here. You yep, just keep a going cycle, through that. Yeah, yes. the whole thing over and over and over again. Okay, what? Advice would you give? And I keep saying it's a female. Have you had any cases where a male comes in and say, hey, I want to collect child support from her? Yes, times is changing. We have a lot of not only the fathers raising the children okay, yeah, and, and actually is now in the payee. You have third parties, which could be siblings of the, their uh, younger children, or you could have grandparents, aunts, or uncle that's actually raising the children, and they will actually collect child support from the biological parents. Okay. So you have a lot of different roles. And that's just not just the mother or the father any longer that's entitled to child support. You have other individuals now within the family that's caring for those children. So once they start caring for the child, even if that mother has passed on, the grandparents can start collecting child support for that kid. 
Yeah. If there's a court order for okay. the fathers to actually pay the grandparents, yes. Okay. All right. Okay. So that kind of answers the question of can they get out of it just because of the, the wife or girlfriend died. Right. No. So as long as someone picks up the support mm-hmm. of that kid, then it keeps going. That's correct. Okay. All right. So you've been in this business a, a, a while. How many yes. years? Roughly about 25 years. 25 years. And you have seen a lot of moments that can make you want to break down, right? Yes. Now, I'm going to ask you this. Who do you vent to? Who do you express this stuff to so you can get it off your chest? You can't be walking around with this. Well, a lot of times... Um, the assistant director, um, her and I have been working together for many years. So um, she know my routine. I know hers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when we have difficult cases and things come up, we definitely vent off one another, you know, to make sure we're going the right way, to make sure we're doing what's right, for, not only for the staff, but to make sure the cases are being handled the way they need to ha- be taken care of. Okay, that, that's, that's, that's the, the right answer. That's the polite answer. That's the but, correct answer. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is mentally, how do you deal with this? How do, I mean, I mean, do you go home? Do you, you know, chop down a tree out the back? <laughs> hey, say what you got to say. <laughs> what what well, is it you do? Well, you know, now that the weather is getting better, I go. love to walk. Okay. So a lot of times when you hit that, I say the roadblock. Uh-huh. It's time for me to go out, get a little fresh air. Okay. Walk it off. All right. See, that's where I was going. Because, I mean, sometimes talking to, the <laughs> talking to the same person who understands it, sometimes not always that right. great. Talking to somebody who just is a good ear to listen mm-hmm. to. That's correct. Give me, give uh, our listeners one bit of advice. If you are that person wanting to start the process for child support, give them a quick one, two, three, four step if you can. What do they need to do? Help First them thing I always tell an individual, if you have a child and you have a child out of wedlock, make sure you have all bases covered. Do your research. A lot of people go by hearsay. Call us. Mm-hmm. Make sure you know your options, what you need to have done. Right. That's that's the key thing. Okay. Be knowledgeable about to make sure uh, there's been cases where, you know, parties have been together for years. They didn't feel like there was a need to move forward. Right. Different things can happen in life. Um, then you're scrambling around at the last minute. So if you have all of that taken care of from the jump, then you know, you know, what to be expected. So the first thing they need to do is reach out to you guys. Reach out. Don't Tell us your situation. Yes. You and, know, and so you this guys, is what's going yeah. on. Which way? I mean, we can only give you the facts. We're not gonna. We can't give you any legal advice, but we will give you your options of what you can do. From the time the female, I keep saying female. So anybody out there getting mad, get <laughs> mad now. Comes in to talk to you guys. How long does it take before they end up in court, or there's some kind of settlement made here? Well, each case well, is different. I don't want to say settlement agreement. Right. Each case is different, so it's really kind of hard to put a time frame. Uh, we try to expedite everything, you know, as quickly as possible, but you may always have road bumps. Mm-hmm. Like you said, someone may not come in. We're unable to reach out to someone, tracking someone down. But just on an average, um, when you come in, if you have all the information, and that's not always going to happen, we may have to do a little research to actually, from the beginning to the end, to actually put an order actually in place if we have to set the matter for court. It could be anywhere from three to six months. Okay. So just being patient. That's but being correct. persistent. Yes. There you go. Yeah, and I always tell people, it's your case. Please do not um, hesitate to give us a call. Mm-hmm. Find out what's going on. Go. We have some individuals, they'd be like, well, I know he wasn't paying, so, but, you know, it's your case. Make mm-hmm. sure you contact us, you know. For many years, we have been considered a complaint-driven um, program. Right. 
we're trying to be more proactive. There you go. So we yeah. work a lot of reports. We pull reports to check cases that have not paid or are not paying to right. make sure we reach out. But it's your case, so you need to be involved. That's, that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's good advice. And I think a lot of people who may be listening may be sitting back thinking they don't want to do it. And they're afraid to, to do it. Right. But you guys are there for them, right? That's correct. Take them by the hand. Yeah, Take that's what through. we do. <laughs> okay. Tammy, I do appreciate you being here today. And uh, this, is, this has been really good. Uh, great information that we get a chance to hear about you and what you do. Because I see you all the time, and I'm not sure because usually, you know, you're usually singing. I heard that you won a singing competition <laughs> over Christmas. And, uh, no, we don't need you to break out into anything. You sure? <laughs> we'll wait to the next one. I put can that hit a note on. now. No, I know you can. <laughs> but we do appreciate you being here. And, and listeners, we do thank you for hanging out with us today and listening. If there's any questions or comments you might have about what you've heard today or any other topics you heard on Police Pod Talk, go ahead and email us at policepodtalk at gmail.com. Uh, we'll answer your questions and get back with you. But, hey, again, we appreciate you being here, listening, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you very much.